So today we're going to be talking about lighting, and it's something that a, I am very passionate about. Um, I feel like lighting is probably one of those things that is, well, if you think about it, lighting in of itself is the most important thing to a photographer because what a camera does is capture light. Well, hello there. Welcome to Photography Talk, where we discuss your passion for photography and we all grow together. I'm Bob Younger with Bob Younger Images. And I'm Ashley Matheny with Smile Everlasting Photography. Hello, Ashley. How are you doing today? Doing well. How are you? Very good. I've been looking forward to this. It's uh, We had a little bit of a hiatus. We were all kind of busy with all of our stuff going on. So I think we had like a week yeah. break there, but we're getting caught back up again. What have you uh, been up to in the world of photography? Well, I took my camera to the mountains over the weekend. Nice. And yeah, we went on a hike. And then I've just kind of been playing here and there, doing a lot of online stuff, all that fun jazz. <laughs> what have you been Excellent. up to? Uh, let's see. Uh, it seems like a lot. I'm trying to remember where we last left off. I did a posing class workshop down in Denver with my friend Tony Clapp, who we interviewed on here. And then I've been working on some, I had a couple headshots. I had a headshot session with a young lady who's going off to New York City to acting school. So she needed some headshots for that. And then I actually, my oldest daughter, Elena, flew in to visit us as a surprise to my wife. And I had arranged with my good friend, Shannon McTie to do a photo session for us, for our family photos. So I am anxiously awaiting seeing those come back because she has such a neat, unique style. So I can't wait to see that. So uh, that and just uh, keeping busy doing some, uh, some sales in the background of some stuff and getting some canvas photos ordered and sent out to a client. So it's been keeping busy. That sounds awesome. Yeah. (laughs) So today we're going to be talking about lighting and it's something that I am very passionate about. I feel like lighting is probably one of those things that is, well, if you think about it, lighting in of itself is the most important thing to a photographer because what a camera does is capture light. Yep. But for most photographers, sometimes lighting can be scary because they get, uh, they get kind of bogged down in natural lighting and off-camera flash and how to mix the two and that kind of stuff. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that today and how the how and whys and the types of lights such as natural lighting or off-camera flashes like strobes and speed lights and what you would might use those for. And then maybe mixing some of that off-camera flash with ambient light, which can really be dependent on the style that you're trying to, to get to for your photo shoot. So it's going to be pretty exciting. Oh, yes. And from your images, you have lots of light going on. <laughs> I try. I feel like that. I feel like that a lot of times an off-camera flash or extra lighting besides natural lighting really tends to add to the drama. And I'm raising three daughters, so I'm all about drama. <laughs> so <laughs> for me, I think that it really adds to that. So I I uh, enjoy doing it, and I like the way it looks and and the way it makes my clients feel. So. 
I'm pretty excited about that. Awesome. And you also have a, uh, a little class coming up about it, don't you? I do. Um, Tony Clapp, who uh, we interviewed and I just mentioned a few minutes ago, and I are uh, teaching a class together June 14th here in Fort Collins, where we'll start out at uh, the Merchant Room in Fort Collins, which is a really cool old building that's a great place to do photo shoots and has wonderful natural lighting through these gigantic old glass pane windows. And then we will move from there to outside towards sunset up at Horsetooth Reservoir, where we will use some strobes and off-camera flash and kind of mix mix the two. So the whole purpose of the, the class is to teach people how to mix ambient light with with off-camera flash. So it'll be really cool. I'm excited. Awesome. I bet. That'll be great. <laughs> so tell me, when you're thinking about lighting, what it, what is it that you're thinking about? I mean, for me, I'm always thinking about off-camera flash, but most photographers are probably thinking more about natural lighting. So tell me, tell me what you are thinking about when you start talking about lighting, Ashley. I have kind of done a little bit of both. Um, natural lighting is... I want to say my favorite because I can do a lot with it, especially when it's pretty sunny out and then there's some clouds, you know, I can move around and get the streams of light and just all kinds of fun things with lighting. But I did, when I was doing a little bit of self-portrait stuff, I did have some, they're not speed lights, but they're just, uh, I can't, I can't remember what they're called but they just kind of stay on and you have an umbrella in front of it. Do you know what those are called? Okay. So, yep. Yep. So that would, that would be a, uh, well, a constant on light. So it could mm-hmm. be an led panel or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, so it's just a constant on light source for sure. Yeah. And, uh, those are kind of hard to work with. <laughs> um, I personally, so tell, tell me what you mean by that. What were, what did you find hard about it? Well, it starts off with the lights, themselves like the light bulbs are very strange they have a weird color to them weird tint Mm -hmm. um so when it comes out in your camera it it yeah it turns a weird it makes your especially if you're doing like portraits or something it makes the face look strange yep so you'd have to kind of move around your settings and change some probably like color color temperature yeah yeah color yep color stuff yeah it just looks you look orange pretty much um at least from the lights that i have so it was definitely is a challenge, but it helps when you don't have sunlight or any kind of light source and the flash kind of in a dark room overpowers a lot. Yeah. So it, yeah, those, those help, but you have to do a lot to make sure that it turns out the way you want it to. And then editing comes involved in it. Makes it all nice. So, and pretty. one of the advantages <laughs> to a constant on light source like that is that you get to see in real time how the light falls on your subject. So, moving the light closer, farther away, at different angles, up, down, etc., kind of feathering the light off of the the subject's face and so forth. So, you get to see that stuff real time, which for strobes can be harder because a strobe is going to go off or a speed light is going to go off when you click the shutter. So then you have to look at the back of your camera to see, okay, what have I captured now? How do I, how do I change it and move it? So there's a, there's a big school of uh, photographers who really only deal with constant LED lighting, constant lighting so that they can constantly see what the effects are. So for instance, a lot of times in product photography, 
constant on is really important because you're forever or always modifying or changing the appearance of the light on the subject, you're the commercial product you might be taking a photo of. And so having that ability to see as you move that light or change the modifier and so forth is really useful. So I don't actually use constant on lights, um, mostly because I've just started with strobes and stayed with them. But I do know that there are a lot of people who use them. And the more money you spend on them, the more variability you have. You can change the color temperature, you can change the intensity and so forth. So that's one of those things that, you know, you can start small and work up work up on as well. But definitely those are very good for indoor situations. Once you start moving outdoor, you oftentimes have to move up to a much brighter light source such as a strobe. So, but yeah, so that's, that's true. So the, the natural lighting that I want to bounce back over to that real quick. The nice thing about natural lighting is it's there and you see it and it's there. And as we have learned and and uh, most people will learn as they get deeper into this and press farther into the subject is that when you're taking a picture with natural lighting, you want to expose for the highlights. So in other words, if I have a completely blown out or completely white light source inside my photo, so it's just overexposed. And if I am trying to expose for the shadows, I will lose anything that's inside that that overblown or that really, really bright white area inside the photo because there's once I've lost it, I can't get it back. However, if I expose for those and try to expose for the highlights in the photo, my shadows may seem very dark, but once I go in to do post-processing in Lightroom or Photoshop, I can pull those shadows up and it's amazing how much you can actually see. And this is one of my favorite things to do in landscape photos is when you're taking photos of a, of a sunset or something like that, exposing for those clouds and making those stick out the way you want them to stick out <laughs> and your foreground and your subject might be really dark but if you pull those shadows up in post-processing you'd be surprised how much data is actually there so in natural lighting that's one of the things people always talk about is making sure that you're exposing for the highlights on that the other cool thing about natural lighting is you can tease your photos and get them get get exactly what you want out of that and one of the things that I wanted to mention is that when you're starting to decide what kind of lighting you're going to use and how you're going to use it, you should have, as we've talked about in previous podcasts, an idea for what you want to find finally come out with as a final product. And I think that you mentioned that before, planning for what you want in your final picture is really key in figuring out what you want to do ahead of time, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's like the biggest step that you can do. It's part of style. It'll help you capture the picture correctly. And it'll also help you figure out what settings you need to do. Um, Because if you have the image in your head already, it'll make it easier for you to move the dials around and all that fun jazz and get it right where you want it so that you can tell your story and your pictures. And with all of that said, the nice thing is, is that with natural lighting, you can over or underexpose too to create the mood. So you can Mm -hmm. completely overexpose the photo if you want. Don't worry about blowing out your highlights. And you can have this really nice milky white kind of fairy tale looking photo with all this really bright light filtering in from all over and create this bright airy look. Or you can go in and underexpose and really create some shadows and some depth to that and create a moody photo. So natural lighting is by far uh, a beginning photographer's favorite thing to work with because it's 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 there and it's easy to start learning with. Oh yeah. What is your favorite? Do you like the moody stuff or the uh, bright, light, and airy? Mm. 
That's a really hard question because <laughs> if I'm using natural light, I often like that really bright and airy look. Okay. But once I start throwing in off-camera flash, I really go moody. <laughs> I really go go moody and I try to create, I try to really separate my subject from the background with my lighting. So I might use natural lighting to kind of create a halo or to highlight their hair or something like that by putting the sun behind them maybe, mm -hmm. but then just blast the crap out of them with a strobe. And that's a really cool technique. And I think one of the things that we were going to say is maybe we'll post some examples on our Facebook page, but I've got a couple photos where I've got a model out in bright, bright sunlight, but I'm like at F22. So I'm using a really, really small aperture, mm -hmm. right? And, but I'm just hammering her with like 600 watts of light. <laughs> and so I'm lighting up her entire body and face and everything, but I've got that really dark contrasty sky with a with the sun that's got some real nice light rays to it from the aperture and the lens. And that's one of my favorite things to do because that's when you look at a photo and you're like, this didn't happen naturally. This, this, there was something else going on here. And one of my goals is to always have the person looking at the photo go, how did they do that? How many lights did they use and, and where did they put them and how did that, how did they get that effect? And to me, that starts creating some of the interest, particularly with other photographers. So interesting. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so where where do people start with with lighting? What first let's back up. So there's on camera flash, right? The little pop-up flashes that can be on your camera, right? The higher end cameras don't typically have those, but the beginner or starter cameras do oftentimes. And then there's the speed lights, which are, you know, like a Canon 600 uh EB600 or something like that. That's a speed light that you can either mount on the camera or you can mount off the camera. And then you have strobes, which are going to be larger, more powerful lights. All of those things, the speed lights and the strobes, you can put modifiers on the front. So a modifier might be a octagonally shaped box that has a, a lot of white or silver on the inside with a cover on the outside to kind of soften that light. They come in different sizes and shapes and rectangles and squares and so forth. But depending on how far away you have that light from your subject and how big or small your modifier is really affects the impact on the photo. So once we start talking about all that, it starts getting like really deep. Like what do you, where does a beginning photographer start? And have you started using, you mentioned some of the, the steady on, the constant on lights, but what else have you used for lighting? Anything else? Um, I, yeah, the steady light. And then I have dabbled a little bit with the on camera flash, but it, yeah, <laughs> that one gets rough for me. So the speed lights and the strobes kind of scare me. <laughs> So the on-camera flash, there's one big disadvantage to the on-camera flash. And the big disadvantage to the on-camera flash is it's coming from the same direction that the light is being captured in the camera. So it's straight on. It just comes straight on. So if you look at almost any photo that creates some sort of emotion or, or a sense of story or something, oftentimes the light in that photo is coming from a different direction. And that's what that's what the brain wants. It wants something different and it wants something unique and not expected, right? So, and a lot of times it looks more natural as well, light coming from uh, a sun or a, a light fixture or something like that that's off at an angle is much more interesting to the human brain than it is straight on to the front. So that's one of the disadvantages for the, for the on-camera flash. The nice thing is, is that those on-camera flashes work great for fill. So if you're taking a photo of somebody and there's a, some bright light, like a sun or something behind them, 
or there's a lot of light outside, you know, bright daylight, you can pop that flash up and use it as a fill flash and it'll take some of that edge off and, and break down some of those shadows, which is kind of nice. Hmm. Um, but other than that, those, those pop-up flashes are, are pretty limiting. So they kind of remind me of uh, Polaroids. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Well, and there's That's a lot of, turn out. there's a lot of photographers. I shouldn't say a lot. There are some photographers who have made their bread and butter off of that really hard, harsh lighting like that too, that comes from straight on, for, you know, straightforward from the model, but they're using strobes, but nonetheless, you can still kind of simulate that with the pop-up flash too. So I would definitely say don't ever use it. There's definitely times and places for it. But as you mature in your photography and move on to stuff that is uh, more dramatic and more impactful, those off-camera flashes and speed lights and strobes are really huge. So the when we start talking about some of that stuff like the speed lights, those are definitely more affordable than than a, a strobe would be. So typical speed lights going to be anywhere from $200 to $400. And that's pretty affordable. A typical strobe, whether it's a Profoto or an Ellen Chrome or something like that, they're going to start in that 600 plus range and they're going to move up from there most likely. There's some that are out there a little less expensive, but but to get a set of lights and the, and the batteries and the modifiers and stuff, you could be looking at a couple grand easily for all of that stuff when you start using off-camera flash in strobe format. So usually most new photographers move up from natural lighting to using speed lights. And there's a lot, a lot of exceptional, particularly wedding photographers who use nothing in their bags other than speed lights. They have small modifiers or light stands with larger modifiers and they use speed lights and it creates great light and they've, they've got it figured out. And uh, you can look at like uh, the MagMod system, M-A-G-M-O-D, MagMod system for speed lights, and they can create lighting that is just like a strobe would be using speed lights. And uh, they're they're really portable and flexible and easy to use. And so that's kind of what a lot of people transition to when they start using uh, lighting is they use speed lights. So Wow, that's pretty awesome. I'm looking into that now. <laughs> they, uh, they've got lots of different uh, types out there and lots of different modifiers. But one of the most popular ones that I've seen as of late has been the MagMod system, particularly for people who are less tied to a studio Mm -hmm. or more like doing a lot of family shoots. Yeah. Mobile work, wedding shoots, that kind of stuff, because they're pretty flexible and easy to use. So awesome. Now here comes the fun part. The fun part is mixing, mixing that ambient light and the, the off camera flash, which is one of my favorite things to do. So when you look at a photo and you're looking at something and going, wow, the the light on their face is so evenly distributed and so smooth and everything, but yet they've got this bright yellow or orange halo of light that comes in from behind them from the sun and stuff. That's kind of how people start using that is they mix that ambient light with an off camera flash and they can, you can make it look really natural doing that. That's awesome. So crazy. (laughs) So are you um, in your photography kind of your, you know, we've talked a couple of times about how you're getting started and stuff and you've done this, mm-hmm. um, these constant lights a little bit, but are you, you said something about maybe thinking about going to strobes or speed lights in the future here soon? Oh yeah. So I would like to try. I really love my natural light. So if anything, I would probably do the mix just because that's just, I'm an outdoorsy person. Mm-hmm. Most of my images are 
outdoorsy style. So I definitely want to go into the mix of it and kind of play around. And then every once in a while, I'll probably do like an inside shoot. Like I do a lot of bass shoots, but I'm kind of looking to transition from bass shoots into lake shoots now because it's summertime. Oh, yeah. Nice. So it's going to get nice and warm. So ah. I'd like to see how that would turn out. That would be interesting. Yep. Speaking of lake shoots, there's a really fun trick you can use for doing a lake shoot that creates a lot of drama for your, your speed light or your strobe by using gels. So a lot of times the you can get gels that'll go on top of a speed light or on top of a, a strobe system of some sort. But the really cool thing you can start doing with those is you can really start mixing up your your lighting effects doing that. So for instance, if you were to go up to Horsetooth, say, and take a photo of a model who is kind of uh, hanging out in the water, but you set your temperature, your light temperature on your white balance to uh, a really blue, like a tungsten type setting. So where you were down in the low you know, 4,000s or so uh, Kelvin, then when you take that photo without any sort of light, it's going to create this really bluish cast over everything, right? But but then you take a CTO gel and a CTO gel is kind of a, a, an orange colored gel um, and they come in different stops like quarter, half, eight, three quarter, whatever. And you put that on your light and you hit your model with that light it's going to bring all of her color back to normal and it's going to normalize her look. So she's got this nice warm glow, but then everything else around her, including the water and the sky and the mountains and everything is going to be this really beautiful blue color. And that's super simple. Actually, you could do that with a speed light and a gel and you could go up and do it tomorrow and it would just be a bomb photo. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Ooh. Oh yeah, I'm interested now. <laughs> so something to definitely try is very cool. Because you, you can do that with all of your lighting, any of your off-camera flash, you can throw a gel on. So one of my favorite things to do is to, uh, I'll use two lights and I'll use um, my key light that I'm using for my subject and a modifier at, you know, like a 45 degree angle or so just to kind of give them some some lighting that is uh, uh, off-camera ways and, and coming in at the kind of the right natural looking angle. And then I'll set up a second light behind them and throw a strobe on there uh, with uh, a gel, like a blue or a red or a green or a yellow. And to me, that creates this kind of surrealistic looking um, background. And, and like I said earlier, it really separates the subject from the background. Um, so I did a photo shoot here in Fort Collins inside the Northern Hotel on a set of stairs there. And I put a, a blue gelled light back behind this couple. They're a band. And then hit them with a, a normal key light up front. And it just created this really cool blue ethereal look behind them. And if you had looked at the setting before I took the photo, it just looked like a stairwell. Wow. So the really cool thing when you start using off-camera flash like that is, is you can alter everything around your subject and start changing colors and creating drama and stories and intensity and stuff like that, which to me is one of the things that's really important when we're trying to use the off-camera flash and really trying to create that story. That's so amazing. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm so excited. So here's a challenge for you. What what you should do, and this is, I do this all the time. And my daughter who's 17 also has an interest in photography. And I will ask her the same thing. You put up a photo or look at a photo and then you figure out, okay, what kind of lighting is this? 
Where's the lighting coming from? How many lights are involved? So particularly photos that are done in studio or on set that's designed for commercial products or something. The next time you flip through a magazine, look at, you know, the Zales diamond ad or Cosmo magazine and look at a makeup ad or a bikini ad or whatever, and look at the lighting and try to figure out how many lights are there and where they're coming from and what shape they're in. Okay. And one of the, and as you do that, you will, you will start really building your skill up because you have to actually stop and think, okay, where's that light coming from and how is it getting there? Interesting. I might, um, now you got me thinking, I might try and find a photo maybe on like the internet and then throw in some arrows, my little friends Mm -hmm. and kind of see where the light's coming from. And then I'll do those arrows with those colors. Yep. To see if there's different colors. And then I can try and post that on the photography talk page. That'd be great. Yeah. With that going. That would be kind of fun. So I love challenges. <laughs> one of the photographers I know who's is constantly challenge on the, challenging other photographers, how many lights and where are they? And as soon as you start looking at photos, so we get back to what are you trying to create? What's the story you're trying to tell? What are your resources or what stuff do you have to deal with? How many lights do you actually have to play with? Right. Mm-hmm. And then how can I create that photo? And recreating other people's photos is one of the best ways to learn, especially when you're figuring out how to use, you know, extra lighting. So that's really mm-hmm. a cool thing to do. So that's awesome. Oh, I'm ready. Excellent. You got me all pumped up. Excellent. <laughs> so awesome. I I feel like there's so much more to talk about with lighting with people, but I but this might be a good introduction and maybe we can dig deeper in another episode in in some more stuff, but I would definitely encourage all of our listeners. If you're not using some sort of off camera flash right now, give it a shot. You can get on, on Amazon, a young U O Y O N G N U O. I think this is the way it's spelled flash or speed light for like 200 bucks, 150 bucks, something like that. And they're, they're high enough quality that they'll do what you need them to do and get a couple of them and get and get a trigger that goes with them. So the trigger will go on your camera body um, and it'll trigger those lights. You can adjust from your trigger, the strength or intensity of the, of each one of those speed lights. You can put them on a stand, you can set them behind a, a book, you can put a gel on them and put them back behind your, your, uh, your subject. One of the things that I like to do uh, if I'm, taking my Christmas or winter pictures and mini sessions for my clients is we'll go out where there's a lot of really cool Christmas lights and I'll start by setting my exposure to capture those Christmas lights the way I want to without any sort of flash. Then I'll set my clients up and I'll get my key light set up exactly the way I want it. Just the right amount of lighting on them, not too much that drowns out what's in the background. And then I'll take my speed light and I'll just set it on the ground back behind them. And, uh, I'll be able to trigger both of those lights that way. And the, that speed light creates this nice warm white glow behind them. You've got all the Christmas lights up in the trees and the buildings and this nice key light on the front of them at nighttime. It's really cool. And it's one of those things that as soon as you start practicing, it's, it's easy to do. So awesome. That's so awesome. So now you need to come out with me and we need to do some more shoots with lights. You've you've been to one, right? You helped out with one of them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that one was a strobe. And what were we shooting? I forgot. The little girl. She was so cute. A little girl. Oh, the little and her baby. family. Yep. I just got contacted by them today. They want to buy a couple canvases. Oh. I'm so excited about that. I'd, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, it was a cute little. They, she had no hair. 
so <laughs> she cute. was a cutie. She uh, was. But she was awesome. So, well, so, okay. So we talked about natural lighting. We talked about the basic kinds of lights, speed lights and, and uh, strobes. We talked about trying to mix those together, uh, mix the ambient light with off-camera flash and kind of developing whatever style it is that you want for your photo shoot and what you're trying to get to, right? And I think that one of the things that we're going to try to do is we want to post on our Facebook page some examples, right? And some articles of some of that. So I can post some photos um, and you can find some stuff too. And let's kind of talk about that on our Facebook page about what we have done or seen done. Oh, yes. I would like to do that. That way I can train my brain and hopefully train everyone else's brain too to get those ideas of what kind of style you want. And like Bob said, he challenged us, everyone. Are you listening? (laughs) He challenged us to find a photo, (laughs) a professional photo, figure out how many lights, where the lights are coming from, if there's colors or gels in them and all that fun jazz and try and figure it out and then possibly even recreate it. So I know I'm going to definitely do that. So I think all of you should too. <laughs> and I'll post, I'll post some photos on there as well that have some, some of that and, and ask, you know, if, uh, where are the lights coming from and what shape was the modifier, that kind of stuff. And it really does prompt you to think. So that's awesome. I'm looking forward to our next episode. Cause we're going to be talking about our techniques and tips and tricks on different stuff. So we might get into stuff like, uh, exposure compensation settings or how to modify the the aperture to kind of expose the the area of the photo that you want and how we kind of do that and how we manipulate different settings on our on our cameras to to get the stuff we want um what kind of ideas do you think you're gonna throw out there ashley what are we looking forward to for me right now it's definitely working with the lighting that i have and then doing like posing. Posing is pretty big for me, but that's also very to your style kind of thing. But yeah, cause I've seen some, seen some pretty out there poses, but they're pretty intriguing to the eye. So <laughs> I don't know. I've tried a few and they turned out pretty awesome. So I think posing is very good. Definitely lighting and some settings in my camera that I like to use. Maybe even some, uh, custom setting <laughs> excellent should be a good time well thank you again for for joining us and thank you for listening to photography talk uh, it's been as always a pleasure to have you here i'm bob younger with bob younger images you can find me on social media and my new website at bobyoungerimages.com congrats on that thanks <laughs> and i'm ashley Matheny with Smile Everlasting Photography on Facebook and Instagram. Excellent. We will talk with you next week. Everyone be safe, treat each other well, and cheers. Bye.